Attention all stations, calling all stations. Clear the air lanes, clear all air lanes for the big broadcast. The big broadcast. Welcome to the big broadcast, an evening of comedy, drama, adventure, and music from the glory days of radio. It's the place where you'll hear your old favorites along with rare, never-before-rebroadcast radio recordings, all for you on the big broadcast. Now your hosts, Mark Magistrelli and Mike Martini. And we're delighted you're joining us for an evening with the big broadcast. Mark Magistrelli here with Mike Martini. And once again tonight, we have dramas and comedies and, and a car in a swimming pool. You what? would think it's one of those... Notorious Hollywood parties of the 1920s, right? You know, a party's not a party unless someone's fishing out their car from the deep end of a swimming pool. Well, I have to tell you, Gail Gordon outdoes himself tonight. <laughs> Remember Gail Gordon? Sure. Of those incredible, frustrated rages? He had the patent on that. Yes, he did. Tonight, if radio had given out Oscars, this would have been submitted for an Academy Award. <laughs> Gail Gordon steals the show this evening on the Phil Harris Alice Faye show when there's a Cadillac in the swimming pool. What's the date on this one, Mike? May 13th, 1949. Phil Harris and Alice Faye on tonight's big broadcast. Good health to all from Rexall. It's Sunday, time for the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show, presented by the makers of Rexall drug products and 10,000 independent Rexall family druggists. Good evening. This is your Rexall family druggist, taking a little time from behind the prescription counter this Sunday evening to speak for all 10,000 of us. The 10,000 independent druggists who have added the word Rexall to our own store names. You can always tell us by the orange and blue Rexall sign on our windows. The sign means that we carry the 2,000 or more drug products made by the Rexall Drug Company. They range all the way from aspirin to penicillin, and they're as fine and pure and dependable as science can make them. We independent druggists recommend them to our customers because we know you can depend on any drug product that bears the name Rexall. Good health to all from Rexall. Now your Rexall family druggist brings you the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show, written by Ray Singer and Dick Chevrolet, with Elliot Lewis, Walter Tetley, Robert North, Janine Roos, Anne Whitfield, Walter Sharp and his music, yours truly, Bill Foreman, and starring Alice Faye and Phil Harris. Mr. Scott of the Rexall Company is having a lawn party at his home this afternoon. Many distinguished persons have been invited, and as we look in, we find Mr. and Mrs. Scott going over their guest list. Grace, let's check the guest list once more and make sure that all the important people have been invited. Very well, dear. This is the list. Mr. and Mrs. Phil Harris, Mr. Frank Remley... No, Mr. no, no, dear. <laughs> Not the names I crossed out. Just read the ones we invited. Darling, I already invited the Harrises. I think she's a charming woman. So do I. It's that Tennessee bull weevil I object to. <laughs> Must we have him? Well, I think we should. After all, he's the star of your radio program. 
And you're the one who hired him. I know. <laughs> I know. You signed him for two years, and he still has another year to go. Stop pouring salt on my wound. <laughs> Ever since Harris has been on the air for Rex Hall, I've been a nervous wreck. I've got pains all over. My right arm is muscle-bound. Darling, I don't follow you. What's Bill Harris got to do with your arm being muscle-bound? I'll explain. Because of me, Phil Harris is on the air every Sunday night. So? So every Monday morning, I have to write letters to 10,000 independent druggists apologizing. <laughs> now, Grace, please tell me you didn't invite that Frank Remley character. Well, I called him at his office, but I couldn't reach him. His office? <laughs> Yes, dear. Mr. Harris gave me the number, but Mr. Remley was too busy to talk to me. Remley was too busy to talk to you? Yes, he was watching a television show, and the bartender wouldn't disturb him. <laughs> well, thank goodness you couldn't reach him. Without Remley, I can stand Harris for an hour or so. Mm, I'm afraid you'll have to tolerate him a little longer than that. Mrs. Harris is lending us some garden chairs, and he's bringing them over this morning. I told him he might as well stay on for the party. Oh, goody. <laughs> A whole day with old wavy wig. <laughs> Up. We have to get those chairs over to the Scots this morning. All right, honey, wait till I finish my milk. <laughs> I've only got about three fingers left to drink. Phil, Phil, do you suppose the Scots invited us just because they needed chairs? Oh, don't be silly. We were probably the first ones on their guest list. Daddy, can we go to this party? No, I'm sorry, kids, but this is just for grown-ups. You see, they're going to have a lot of important people there. Daddy, are you important? Am I important? <laughs> Alice, you've got to have a talk with this child. <laughs> She's got to be straightened out on a few things. Tell her how important I am. Go on, tell her all the things that make me important. No, you'd better tell her. You've got them memorized. <laughs> been invited to the Scots party, Phil? I don't know, but you can bet that only the best people in town are going to be there. Oh, you weren't invited, eh, Philip? <laughs> well, looky, 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 here comes Schnucky. <laughs> For your information, I was invited, Willie. I got a resvip. A resvip? Yes, R-S-V-P, resvip. Scotty insisted that Alice and me come to the party. He insisted, indeed. He wanted Alice, and he felt that he was forced to ask you. He's probably hoping that you won't show up. William, why are you always so terse with me? <laughs> I've done nothing to warrant your caustic diatribe. Phil, what was that? Just a little something Ronald Coleman laid on me. By the way, Phil, was Frankie invited? No, he wasn't, honey, and I can't understand why. Well, Mr. Scott didn't invite Francis because he doesn't want him, and I hope he has sense enough to stay away. Well, don't worry about Remley. He don't go to parties where he's not wanted. He's a very sensitive guy. And he never... Come in! Oh, hello, Frankie. Hiya, Curly. How do you like this new suit I bought for Scott's party? Hi, Alice. 
Well, if it isn't little old sensitive Frankie. Hey, Remley, I'm glad you're going. Scott sent you an invitation, huh? No. <laughs> what time are we supposed to be at the party? Francis, surely you're not serious about going to the party. Why not? Mr. Scott didn't ask you because he doesn't like you. Well, I don't like him either, but I'm not going to be petty about it. <laughs> now, wait a minute, Frankie. You can't go someplace where you're not wanted. Now, look, why don't we do this, Phil? Let Frankie come with us when we take the chairs to Mr. Scott's. And when he sees Frankie, he'll probably invite him and everything will be all right. And if Mr. Scott doesn't want him, he can always leave. Sure, we'll never miss the old sourpuss. <laughs> hey, we ought to have a great time at this party. Sure we will. Hey, do you think they might ask me to sing? If they're smart, they won't. <laughs> now, just a moment, Mr. Remley. I'm tired of having you make fun of my voice. I can sing, and I'm going to show oh, you. Oh, Phil, not now. We have to get the chairs over. They can wait. I'm going to prove once and for all that I have a great voice. And I'm going to prove it right now. Go ahead. When you get through singing, call me. I'll be inside listening to the frost warnings. <laughs> Young Johnny Jones, he had a cute little boat And all the girlies he would take for a float He had girlies on the shore Cute little peaches by the score But Johnny was a Weisenheimer, you know His steady girl was Flo And every Sunday afternoon She'd jump in his boat and they would spoon And then he'd row, row, row Way up that river he would row, row, row A hug he'd give her then, he'd kiss her now and then She would tell him when They'd fool around and fool around And then they'd kiss again And then they'd row, row, row Way up that river they would row oh, 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 oh. Then he'd drop both his oars Take a few more encores And then they'd row, row, row In Johnny's boat he had a cute little seat and all the kisses that he stole were so sweet And he knew just how to row He was a rowing Romeo He had an island where the trees were so grand He knew just where to land Then tales of love he'd tell to flow Until it was time for them to go And then he'd row, row, row Right up that river he would row so slow A hug he'd give her then He'd kiss her now and then She would tell him when He'd fool around and fool around And then he'd kiss again and then Way up that river he would row Just he and flow With her head on his chest He'd take a few measures rest And then he'd row, row, row Just he and Florence Row, row, row right into heaven Row, row he had no Johnson Motors, so Johnny and Flo would row, row, row. How'd you like that, Frankie? Pretty cold in Pomona. <laughs> ah, what do you know? How'd you like it, Alice? the smudge pots in Redlands. <laughs> oh, come on, Phil. You and Frankie put the chairs in the car and we'll get over to the Scots, huh? <laughs> Phil, Mr. Scott's car is in the driveway, so you'd better park out front here, Okay, huh? I'll park right here. All right, come on, Frankie. Give me a hand with these chairs. Oh, I don't... hello there. 
Oh, hiya, Chief. Hello, Mr. Scott. Oh, uh, it's good to see you. I must say you look charming. You know, you get younger and prettier every day. How do you do it? I owe it all to clean living. <laughs> Someday I might make my secret of eternal youth available to the public. Oh, what a magnanimous gesture. <laughs> Mrs. Harris, I'm glad you and your uh, man of tomorrow <laughs> could uh, come over early. Well, as long as I'm here early, I'll go in and see if I can help Mrs. Scott. Oh, huh? thank you. Thank you very much. Harris, can I help you take the chairs out of the car? No, I brought someone along to help me. Yeah, I'm here, Scotty. I guess we all have days when we should have stood in bed. I hear you're having a party today, Scotty. I said I hear you're having a party today. Maybe if I don't answer, he'll go away. I, uh, I didn't get an invitation in the mail. Could it be because it was misaddressed? Or maybe you didn't put a stamp on it. I can't imagine why I didn't get it. Could it be because I didn't send you one? Uh, you and your wild guesses. <laughs> Mr. Scott, uh, I brought Frankie along because I knew you, you'd want him here. After all, what would a party be like without Francis? I don't know, but we're going to find out. <laughs> Mr. Scott, let's not beat around the bush. If you don't want me, say so. I don't want you. <laughs> let's go around the bush once more. <laughs> there must be a solution to this problem. There is. You can go home. <laughs> no, that don't appeal to me. Remney, I'm warning you. If you insist on staying here, I'm leaving. That's the most sensible suggestion you made yet. <laughs> Remley, if you don't get out of here, I'll call... Now, wait a minute, fellas. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's not fight. Now, can't we settle this thing amicably? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Scott, I think it would be nice if you, the boss, invited Frankie the employee to your social gathering. It would prove something. What? Well, it would show the world that labor and capital can travel hand in hand to an ultimate utopia. <laughs> Look, Just I don't Just because want... our ideologies are different, don't man, we mean we can't live in the same world together? But let's I... foster brotherly love. The spirit of true Americanism is at stake here. Yeah, I... remember the Maine. Yeah. And remember the Alamo. Yeah. Let's I... not forget what they fought for at Aproprata Protomax. <laughs> The land of the free Where all men are created equal From every mountain Let freedom Will you two stop this? <laughs> oh, I can't stand any more of this Harris, would you mind carrying the chairs down in back of the house? We're holding the garden party around the swimming pool Okay, Mr. Don't worry, we'll take care of everything Remley, as long as you insist on staying You will have to excuse me I have to go down the street to see somebody. Who? My lawyer. I want to know if I can get an injunction against you. Goodbye. <laughs> Good old Scotty. I knew he'd invite me. Yeah. 
Well, come on, Frankie. Let's carry these chairs down to the pool. Okay. I'll... Hey, Curly, the pool's at the bottom of that steep hill. With all these chairs, we'll have to make a few trips. Why don't we just drive your car now? That's a good idea. We can just... Yeah, but wait a minute. We'd have to move Scott's car out of the driveway. I'll tell you, look, Remley, you drive his car down to the garage, and I'll go get mine. Okay. Hey, Curly, I can't drive Scott's car down. There's no key in it. Remley, you don't need a key. It's on a hill. You can coast it down. <laughs> Just release the handbrake. Oh. There she goes, Curly. Now what do I do? <laughs> oh, no, Remley, you were supposed to get in the car. <laughs> You just told me to release the handbrake. You didn't tell me to get in. Well, look at the way it's rolling down. Remley, do something. Stop it. Stop it, he said. Hey, car! Come back here! Remley! Now, come on. We gotta try and catch it. Hey, look. It's heading for the fence. That ought to stop it. It didn't. <laughs> Cheap lumber, I guess. Remley, it's heading for the pool. Well, that ought to stop it. It can't possibly go any further. Told you that would stop it. <laughs> right into the water. Don't worry. It's a new Cadillac. With those fish tails, it should be able to swim. <laughs> Remley, it ain't swimming. It's sitting on the bottom. I ought to take him with a Temper, temper. <laughs> Let's not get excited. We got a simple problem. All we got to do is figure how to get a Cadillac out of a swimming pool. That's all we got to figure. That's all. All we got to do is to write General Motors and ask them how to salvage one of their convertible submarines. <laughs> Frankie, we got to get it out of there before somebody discovers it. If we ever get Phil. caught with that thing... Oh, Phil! Uh-oh, here comes Hank, the night watchman. <laughs> Phil, what was that crash I heard out here? It sounded like... Phil! There's a car in the pool. Carpool? Don't be silly, honey Well, they haven't had carpools since the war ended Why, it's Mr. Scott's Cadillac How did it get in there? He's a very sloppy parker <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you see, he parks his car in the pool every night And that way, when he leaves in the morning, it's already washed <laughs> Cut it out, did you fellas do this? Well, uh, well, we might as well tell her the truth, Remley yeah, I guess we'll have All right, all right. How did it happen? Well, Mr. Scott left his car standing out in the hot sun. I see. And it got overheated, so it went in for a dip. <laughs> oh, Alice, do you expect us to believe that? <laughs> yeah, look, honey, you're going to have to come up with a better excuse than that. Now, just how did you get that car in the pool? Well, I was talking to Mrs. Scott, and... Wait a minute, I didn't do anything. <laughs> oh, fellas, I don't know how you got it in there, but you'll have to get it out before Mr. and Mrs. Scott see it. How? Well, use our car and tow it out. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Now, look, honey, you go in and keep Mrs. Scott occupied so she doesn't see what we're doing, huh? All right, but make sure you get that car out. Hmm. Mother wanted me to marry a lawyer. Father wanted me to marry a doctor. But did I listen? Nah. I had to be a wise guy and wind up with a trap drummer. Well, I had my own ratchet. Come on, Ratch, let's get your car. Remley, look, I've been thinking about something. 
What? My car's too light to pull that heavy car out of that pool. Yeah, you might... Wait a minute, look. Scott's got another car in the garage, a big Lincoln. <laughs> Lincoln? Yeah, that ought to be able to pull it out. Yeah, now look, I'll get a heavy chain out of my trunk and you back the Lincoln up to the pool, huh, Remley? Wait a minute. Come on. Back it, I said, up to it, not in it. Well, we got the chain around the rear axle of the Lincoln All we got to do now is put the other end of the chain around the bumper of the Cadillac That's all Well, which one of us is going to dive down and attach it? That's simple You <laughs> It ain't that simple, I ain't going <laughs> Why don't you do it? I can't swim Then you're the guy to do it You'll get down to the bottom faster <laughs> Now look, Remley Somebody's got to go down there and Go back... get somebody else I ain't no fish Mr. I ain't... Scott, I brought it What are you two fellas doing here? <laughs> well, if it ain't Julius The Barracuda <laughs> <laughs> Little carp face himself <laughs> What are you guys up to? Why you got that Lincoln on the lawn? <laughs> Because we got a Cadillac in the pool? Oh, that's different. You got a what in the where? We got a Cadillac in the pool. Oh, I gotta report these guys to the juvenile authorities. They just do these things to derange my immature brain. Keep telling you that we got a car in the pool. Now, if you don't believe it, look for yourself. Yeah, bend over the pool and look straight down. Let me see. Hey, you guys ain't kidding. Curly's bending over. So he is. Shall we, Conga? Let's. One, two, three, kick! Ah! <laughs> Look at that, he went right straight down. Yeah. <laughs> Look at him down there. Hey, Remley. Huh? Quick, while he's still on the bottom, throw him the chain. Yeah. Oh, look, he's surfacing. Yeah. Man the harpoon. Right. What are you, a couple of wise guys or something? Julius, as long as you're swimming, do us a favor. Dive down to the bottom and attach the chain to that bumper. Go bang your heads together. I'm getting out of this pool. Not until you attach this chain. Don't tell me what to do. I'm climbing out of here. Quit stomping on my little fingers. Will you put the chain on? All right, all right, you monsters. Probably safer down there anyway. <laughs> How long do you think it'll take him? Oh, he'll be down there about 10 minutes. <laughs> Can a person stay underwater that long? Sure. And stay alive? Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> hey, look, he's coming up already. Oh. <laughs> well, I got it attached. Thanks, kid. You can come on out now. I'll get even with this. One of these days, if I stay away from you guys, I'm going to grow up. And when I go... Oh, stop peeping, will you? Shake the water out of your head. Look, Julius, Frankie and me are going to get to Lincoln and start pulling that Cadillac up. Now, you stay here and let us know how it's coming out. Okay. Fellas, the best way to do this is leave a little slack in the chain and then start with a sudden jerk. Wait a minute. <laughs> Listen, kid, don't tell me how to do this. I'm a grown man, and I know more about it than you do. Now, come on, Frankie, get in. Yeah. 
How are you going to do this, Curly? I got it all figured out. The best thing to do is to leave a little slack in the chain and then start with a sudden jerk. <laughs> Let her go. Hang on, here we go, right? Hey, Remley, we must be getting it out. We're moving. Yeah. She's awful heavy, though. It's dragging. Hey, Curly, isn't the lawn level here? Yeah. Why is the car pointing uphill? <laughs> hey, fellas! What? You better come back here and get your rear wheels! Rear wheels? Oh, Frankie, what did you do? Let's get out and look. Oh, Remley, look, we ripped out the whole rear end out of this car. You did it again, didn't you? <laughs> Let's keep it floral. We did it. Now, what are we going to tell Mr. Scott? Don't tell him anything. Maybe he won't notice it. <laughs> he won't notice it. How can he help it? Look at the way it's squatting. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Mr. Scott's got the only link, and it starts from a crouching position. Now, Peter, will you kid get going? We're in enough trouble. Uh-oh, Remley, here comes Scotty. He's going to murder us when he Remley, sees Remley, I just saw my lawyer, and he said I can't do a thing. So I fired him. But I've got half a mind. You got half a Lincoln, so. <laughs> what are you talking? Oh no! What happened to my car? Is something wrong with it? Something wrong? Half of it's here and half of it's down there. Look at it. <laughs> yeah, it looks a little bit like a dachshund. <laughs> oh. My beautiful six thousand dollar special Lincoln cut in half. What can I do with it? Do what the Santa Fe does with the chief. Run it in two sections. <laughs> oh, you two. I'll take care of you later. Right now, I'd better tow this out of the driveway before my guests come. I'll get my Cadillac. Huh? My Cadillac. It was over in the... Where's my Cadillac? Oh, that's in the pool. <laughs> oh, in the pool. My Lincoln torn in half, both my guard ruined. What am I going to do? Sell your house and move near a bus stop. <laughs> You're responsible for this. I'm in no condition to have a party, but at least I'll have the pleasure of taking care of you two. Come here. He's not having a party. We might as well go, Colonel. Yeah, ain't no sense in hanging around. So long, Scotty. Come back here. Come. No. You didn't want me before, so I'm not going to stay now. And if Frankie can't stay, I'm not going to stay either. All I want to do is get my hands on you. Curly's gaining on us. If I catch you, I'll tear you limb from limb. I'll rip you apart. I'll throttle you with my bare hands. Full speed ahead, Remley. Come back, you coward! Alice and Phil will be back in just a moment. But first, here's your Rexall family druggist. Everyone knows that vitamins are necessary to life, but a lot of people don't know how scientists measure these mysterious substances to be sure they're present in vitamin products in the proper quantity. The other day I told a customer that in Rexall's laboratory, certain vitamins are measured by seeing how brightly they glow. Glow? 
Well, what on earth do you mean? <laughs> Just what I said, ma'am. Rexall's men of science can check small amounts of certain vitamins in a product by determining how much light they give off. Look, I know Rexall scientists are good, but this you've got to explain. Well, here's how it's done. First, the vitamin is treated with a chemical that makes it fluorescent under ultraviolet light. In other words, it glows. I'm with you so far. Then it's placed in a machine where a photoelectric cell, you might call it an electric eye, receives this glow and transmits it in terms of electricity to a special kind of meter. The amount of electricity registered on this meter is the exact measurement or weight of the vitamin. Believe it or not, this method can measure vitamin substances down to one gamma. And that, ma'am, is one twenty-eight millionth of an ounce. No wonder you never hesitate to recommend Rexall drug products. Me and 10,000 other independent Rexall druggists, ma'am. And it's only natural. You see, we know that all of the 2,000 or more drug products made by the Rexall Drug Company get the same kind of up-to-the-minute testing, the same patient painstaking care. That's why in every store with the orange and blue Rexall sign on the windows, there's a family druggist who will tell you you can depend on any drug product that bears the name Rexall. Good health to all from Rexall. Frankie really messed up Mr. Scott's party yesterday. I wonder what he's going to do with his two cars. He's trying to sell them. He's got an ad here in the paper. Look, it says, for sale cheap, a disjointed Lincoln and a waterlogged Cadillac. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you think he's mad at me and Frankie? I think so, dear. Look what it says underneath. For sale, even cheaper, one left-handed guitar player and a curly-headed band leader. <laughs> he can't sell Remley. He belongs to me. This program was produced and directed by Paul Phillips Included in today's cast were Lois Corbett and Gail Gordon The part of Frankie Remley was played by Elliot Lewis And Julius was played by Walter Tetley Alice Fay appeared through the courtesy of 20th Century Fox This is Bill Foreman wishing good health to all from Rexall This is NBC, the national broadcasting company Bill Harris and Alice Fay taking the deep dive for you on tonight's big broadcast from May of 1949. Up next, Arch Obler's well-remembered Lights Out. Mike, how do you pronounce the episode title here? It looks like Mangara. This one is a new one on me. I have not heard this one before. I never found this one from my collection, so it'll be a fresh experience, I think, for both of us. October 27th of 1942 is the date... Lights out and say it again, Mike. Mangara on tonight's big broadcast. Ironized yeast presents Lights Out, everybody. easily. We 
sincerely suggest that you turn off your radio now. My name, Arch Obler. Tonight, the fourth in our series of tales of the weird and the unusual. If you like moon and June and love and dove, and if you're afraid of the dark and the things of the dark, you're forewarned. For tonight's story is about the greatest terror in the world, the conscience of a man. Ungara. Ungara, shut that door. You get out, you smell up the place. Big fella rain, boss. Big fella rain. So what? Get out of here. Get out, I tell you. Don't squat there looking up at me. Get out. All right, I'll throw you out. Mm. Up with mm. you. Mm. You filthy devil. Out! Oh. Filthy beggar. Uh. I'll write my last letters. Dear Sheldon. Well, here's my last letter to you. Another three weeks and my exile's over. I'm coming home. After three years in this devil-forsaken bush country, home. Home. I've almost forgotten how to write that word. Well, Sheldon, my friend, tell them to fatten up the fatted calf. I'm coming home rich. As Alec Riverton won't have to take their infernal snobbery. He struck it rich out here, and he's coming back to buy the town and everybody in it. Liar, liar, liar. You haven't struck it rich. You're still a tramp. You're nothing, nothing. Three years in hell, and you're nothing. Yes, they always laughed at you, and they'll keep on laughing. Alec Riverton. Have you heard? He's back in town. Yeah, sure, he's broke. He's always broke. 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 Who? Mangara. Didn't I tell you to stay out? Bushman. Bushman. Get out of here. Bushman. Blast you. Get out. Bushman, look. Me find. Oh, me find. Me, Mungara. Me find. Give it to me. No. Me find. Me. Diamond as big as your hand. Me take stone Queenland. Buy two, three wife. Me, Mungara. Listen, Mungara. I have no money. Me take Queenland. Bushman Queenland got lot money. Oh, yes, lot money. But I'll give you my rifle. See? Big gun. You, Mungara. Give me that diamond. No. No, give one gun. Mungara, go Queen Land. Get lot money, lot gun. Mungara, wait. Listen to me. Money. I'll give you money. More money than Queensland, man. My hand? Give me money, my hand? Tomorrow. Sun come up. I'll give you money. Do you hear me? Plenty, plenty money. Give me the diamond. No. Boss man no got money. 
Me go Queenland. Oh, wait, you can't go. Boss man, no hold me. Munkara, go. Sam, still. Oh, listen to me, you filthy savage. No, no. Listen to me. Oh. I've got to have that diamond. Oh. It's my chance. You can't take it from me. Go Queenland. I'll give you anything you want. Oh, Just give me a chance to buy it from no, me. No, I'll not let you get away from no. me. No. Diamond, give it to me. No. You're not going to sell it to anybody else. Give it to me. No. Me, me find it. You no take from me. No. You devil. Uh, I can't take it. I haven't got uh, your strength. Uh, no, me go. All right. Yeah. Your knife. Uh, knife. Uh, I'll kill you. Kill you. George, Alec, really you. Good to see you, Sheldon. You got my letter? Oh, obviously, I'm here. So you've struck it rich, huh? Good old Alec. What'd you find? The whole bunch of us have been crazy with curiosity ever since I got your letter. Gold, platinum, tungsten, high... I'm very tired, Charles. Oh, I knew you'd do it, Alec. All you needed was a little perseverance. Once you stayed down there, I knew you wouldn't come back till you did something important. All right, old fellow, tell me now. What did you... If you don't mind, Charles, I'm very tired. I... I had a bad trip. Why? I'm sorry. I, I didn't stop to think. There'll be plenty of time to talk later, won't there? Yes. Yes, I suppose there will be. Cab, sir? Cab, sir? Lowest race to the best hotel. Yes, yes, I'll take a cab. Right in, sir. Oh, but, Alec, your bag. I'm having them sent on. Get in. Right. Where to, Chief? Arlington Hotel. Right. Well, Arlington, eh? I can afford it. Well, I should hope so. One day's rent in that place would pay for a week in your old flat, eh, Ellie? What of it? I tell you, I can afford to do as I please. You, uh, you must have had a hard trip. What do you mean? Just what I said. No, you didn't say what you wanted to say. I'll say it. Say it. Ellie, what's the matter? Nothing's the matter. Nothing, I tell you. What can be the matter? I tell you, I've struck it rich. You hear me? Rich. I haven't failed. I... I... Charles, help me. Alec, what is it? I've got to talk. I've got to. Charles, I've got to tell someone... you the truth. Charles, listen to me. I... I had some trouble down there. Trouble? Yes. With a man... And yet not a man. Australian bushman, savage. 
He found a diamond, a, a tremendous diamond. I had nothing. Three years of hell and work, and I had nothing. And that ignorant savage with a fortune, he wouldn't know what to do with. So I... I... So what? You fought. I... I cheated him out of it. Sheldon, didn't you hear me? What am I supposed to say? Yes. Yes, there's little you can say, isn't there? <laughs> I feel better already. It takes the grind out of a thing to talk about it, doesn't it? And you won't tell anybody, will you, Sheldon? Sheldon, don't just look at me like that. He did that, too. He? Mongara, the man I... Filthy savage. Why should his eyes... Listen. You know what he said? He said that three days after I got off the boat... Three days after you got off the boat, what? What? What did you say? Well, I didn't say it. You did. You said the three days after you got off the oh, boat. Oh, no, that doesn't matter. All that matters is that I've got a pocket full of cash. <laughs> that's, that's important, isn't it? I, uh... I think I'm sorry for you. Sorry for me? You crazy? I got all the money I can use for the rest of my life. Hey, you cab driver. Pull back that glass. I want to talk to you. Your chief, what's on your mind? What do you take me for, a country cousin? This isn't the shortest way to town. Well, you see, Big Shot, it's this way. I just thought that you'd die in three days when you get off, big fellow boat. Three days was river time. You die. Alec, Alec, what is it? Stop the cab! Stop the cab! Stop it! Alec, what is it? What's wrong? You! Cab driver, what did you say? What did you say? Sir, help me. I ain't said nothing. No, no, you spoke. Alec, what's the matter what's with wrong you? with you? He didn't say anything to get excited about. No, honest, all I said was that I'd take it away you wanted to go. Ungara's voice. I heard it. Ungara? But, but you said that He's you... dead, yes, yes, I know he's dead. Dead and rotting half across the world. He couldn't have spoken. And yet, I think I heard him. The dead can't speak. You mind if we go outside for a little while, Miss Bennett? Man. All right. I can't take those jokes either. Well, this is more like it. The air is good. Yeah. Um, I haven't had a word alone with you all night, have I? Truthfully, I didn't expect you to talk. Why not? Oh, Charlie Sheldon told me you weren't much of a talker. Well, he's right. Where I've come from, I haven't had many opportunities to talk. <laughs> well, come now, not sing, sing, Mr. Riverton. 
Almost as bad as that. Down under. Where? The bush country, interior Australia. Oh. You know, you're the first woman I've gone out with since I got back. I'm not quite sure whether that's so flattering. It is. Until Sheldon introduced me to you, I... I just didn't want to be with anyone. Thank you. Very pretty, aren't you? In the dark? No, really. Oh, I'm all there. Ma'am. Three years in the bush country. Maybe I'd better go in. No, stay. Please. Just talk to me. Talk? Yes. All right. How long have you been back? One day. Is that all? I'd better go in. Oh, no. No, I won't. What were you doing in Australia? Business of some sort? You. Please tell me about you. You're an actress. Two schools of thought. Right now, I'm what's unhappily known as resting between engagements. Hmm. Let's get away from here. What do you mean? Go. Someplace away from here. Should I? I want you to. That does it. I... I can never say no to a good-looking man who knows his own mind. All right, Mr. Riverton. Whatever you say, but don't forget that three-day boss man, you die. No. Well, what's the matter? What is it? You. What did you just say? Why, all I said was that if you wanted to... Two, three-day boss man, you die. You devil. What? You think you can fool me, but it's you, Mangara. I heard you. What's the joke? I don't get it. Out of your throat. I heard it. Well, now, look here. I'll I... stop you. <laughs> I'll stop you, Mangara. I will. I will. separate him from the memory of the man he had killed. Two days have gone by since Alec Riverton got off the boat, and this is the third day, the fatal day of the Australian bushman's prophecy. Now look here, Alec. For 24 hours, you have moved out of this room. Now, why don't Stop you... Stop it! None of your business. Oh, isn't it? Not for me. You'd be in jail right now. Why do you think Nan Bennett didn't have you thrown in jail? She needed money. Yeah. It took me three hours straight talking to talk her into it. Once and for all, why did you choke? 
It's none of your business. Nothing's my business, no. I'm just the guy who happened to be chump enough to be a friend, eh? Alec, listen to me. Go to the police. No, no, don't say that. Sheldon, if you talk... I can't talk and I won't talk, Alec. My infernal friendship. Alec, at least let me call in a doctor. Doctor? What do I want with a doctor? For your nerves, maybe... Mind your own business, I tell you. I'm all right. There's nothing... Waiter, I suppose, about dinner. Are you sure? Well. Ask who it is. Well, of course. Who is it? Room service. Oh. Well, come in. Come in. Your dinner, sir. Yes, yes, I know what it is. Well, set the table. Serve it. Very good, sir. You are in a state, all right, Ellie. I, I just don't get it. The second day. What? Never mind. You're going to eat with me, or aren't you? Everything is ready, sir. Well, it's about time. Here, you sit here, Sheldon. All right. Waiter. Yes, sir? Lights. Let's have some more light here. I want to see what I'm eating. Alec, there's plenty of light. Don't you interfere. I pay for service, and I'll get it. Waiter, didn't you hear me? But don't stand there gaping at me. Do as I said. Yes, sir, but I was... Just thinking that you die in three days. Three days, boy. But then you die. I'll kill you. Waiter, I'll kill you. No, no, sir. Let go of me. I didn't do anything. Alec, let go of him. Are you completely out of your mind? Kill him. I will. I will. But, but I didn't do anything. You turned the table over. You did, sir. I swear it. That's true, Alec. You overturned the table. The waiter didn't. Mungara. His voice. Waiter, you spoke with his voice. I heard you. I saw your lips move. Wait. Alec, what are you saying? The waiter, what did he say? Quickly, what did he say before I threw over the table? Answer me. What did he say? Why? I don't remember. What did you say, waiter? I, I merely said that, that I thought the meat was a bit cold. Per, perhaps I'd better replace it. Oh, no, you lie. You lie. I heard you. You spoke with his voice. Get out. That devil won't get me. He's dead. Get out. Get out. Get out. My head. I Alex. Alex. Doctor, isn't there something you can do? Violent again? All night. He, he'd doze off and then he'd wake up screaming about devils. And... Doctor, you've got to do something for him. If I only knew what was troubling him. Do you know? Yeah, he's got some crazy fixation about some Australian savage. He told me he cheated him. He keeps repeating the third day, the third day, over and over again in his nightmare. The third day? Yeah. And today, when dawn came, he, he began to cry. He said that today was the third day. Doctor, please, come in and look at him for yourself. As you wish. Who, who is it? What do you want? It's the doctor, Alec. Yes, good morning, Mr. Riverton. What's this nonsense about nightmares? <laughs> I'm glad you came, Doctor. He won't dare come when you're here, will he, Doctor? He? Well, who do you mean? Oh, no, never mind what I mean. Just stay by me. Don't leave me, not today. 
Sheldon, you won't leave me. Of course not, Alec. Please try to calm down, will you, fella? You think I've gone crazy, don't you? Well, I tell you, I haven't. I did hear him talk. Twice. Yes, once the first day and once the second day. But today I must not hear him. You hear me? I must not. If I do, I die too, and I can't die. I won't die. I never had anything. Now I can live. I, I can have all the things. Please pray that I'd better give him the hypodermic. Yes, please. Anything to quiet him. He's so afraid. I can't help him. Mr. Riverton, please. What? Your arm. What are you going to do? Why, well, I merely want to give you a sedative subcutaneously. You'll act quickly that way. Put you to sleep, Ali. Sleep? It'll put me to sleep. Yeah. Yes, of course. Then give it to me quickly. He can't hurt me when I sleep, can he? Who can't hurt you? Stop asking questions, I tell you. Give me the injection quickly. The third day, if I fool him today, he can't hurt me ever. I know he can. Can you give me the injection? Here's my arm. Hurry, Doctor. Yes, hurry, hurry. I've got to be asleep. Yes, yes, of course. In a moment, you'll be all right. Yes, just another second and... You die, boss. Riverton. You die. Alex, Mr. Riverton. Mr. Riverton. No, no. Stay away from me. What? I heard you. What does he mean? You're not the doctor. You're him. The devil, Mungara. Doctor, he's out of his I mind. Do something. Yes, of course. I'll give him the sedative. No, no. You're him. I know it. You're him. You speak with his voice. I heard you. You're him. Alec, the doctor wants to help you. Of course, to help you. No, no, don't touch me, Mungara. Don't touch me, Mungara. Get away from me, Mungara. You're dead. I killed you. I saw the knife drive in you. You're dead, you hear me? You're dead, you're dead. The dead can't live again. No, 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 that knife in your hand. Don't do it to me. I'll give you back your diamond. I'll give you back. I'll give you back your diamond, Mungara. Don't knife me. Don't. Don't let me. Doctor, he's fainted. Yes, he... No. No, it can't be. Doctor, what is it? What's wrong? Your friend. He's dead. <laughs> dead? Yeah. Why? Why did he die? I... I don't know. I only touched him with a hypodermic needle. Mm. You mean, Mr. Obler, the man died from the power of suggestion? You heard the story. Whether it was suggestion or the force of the unknown, judge for yourself. Right now, I'd much rather tell you about next week's Lights Out. It's titled Across the Gap. And the thought in it, a very exciting one. Is it possible for human beings to move across space with the speed of light? Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Don't forget that 35-mile-an-hour speed limit. You know, I'm talking about the future. When you hear the story, perhaps you'll be frightened, perhaps even annoyed. But once upon a time, there was a writer by the name of Jules Verne, who, to put it in very polite terms, was kicked around when he dared suggest that someday men would travel under the sea. 
And so next week, a story of... <laughs> but as usual, we better wait for next week. Lights Out will come to you next Tuesday at the same time. Be sure to listen for Art Jobeler's unusual story of the future across the gap. And if you need more vitamin D and iron, be sure to try Ironized Yeast. The one and only Ironized Yeast. With the big letters IY on the package and on each tablet. From October 1942, lights out, everybody. But it's not lights out yet. We've got two more hours to go on tonight's program. We're going to hear from The Shadow, followed by Inner Sanctum Mysteries. It's all coming up. Stay tuned for more of the big broadcast. Now, a word from yesterday's sponsors on the big broadcast. Billy Brown, the smoothest, coolest guy in town. The jigsaw seems to dig his giant. Hey, tell us, Bill, how can we arrive? It's easy, Jack. Any gal gets sent when you flash a smile by Pepsodent. You'll wonder where the yellow went when you brush your teeth with Pepsodent. Pepsodent's new, improved formula cleans teeth whiter than ever. Tastes brighter, too. New formula Pepsodent contains IMP. There's nothing else as good at getting teeth white. You'll wonder where the yellow went when you brush your teeth with Pepsodent. How did it happen again? Well, I was driving down the freeway on my way to work watching this old Betty Grable movie. Watching and, uh, an old Betty Grable movie? Yeah, on a little portable TV. I had it sitting up there in the dashboard. I know. All but of a sudden, this commercial comes on. The guy in a white coat says, Now watch this amazing demonstration. And? I watched. Next thing I knew, pow! Look, you can't watch television commercials while you commute. I found that out. You can't read a newspaper. No. The only thing you could do while you're driving is listen to the radio. Yeah, well, that's all I intend to do, boy. Just as soon as I get out of traction. Who listens to radio? No matter if it's summer, winter, spring, or fall. Who listens to radio? Only 150 million people. No, it's not lost radio signals from outer space. It's the big broadcast, and we'll be right back after this. <laughs> 